your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined by Ryan. Unfortunately, no Alex today, but we are here to dissect and celebrate Everton's 2-1 win over Arsenal. Everton have won three consecutive league matches against Arsenal for the first time since 1986. Everton have won 10 points from losing positions in the Premier League this season. More than any other side, Ryan. Kind of shocking. Over half our points coming from losing positions. Guess that just says we've been in a lot of losing positions to begin with, which right. is undoubtedly accurate. But let's kick things off and start with your instant match reaction. It's a strange match. Um, I, I really thought at the end that we weren't going to get anything out of it. And, I mean, the goal was just unbelievable. It's hard to think of anything else in this match beside that last goal, which is just one of those yell-out-loud type moments. Um it's a fantastic victory. I, I can't say it wasn't without its own faults and struggles. Boy, there's a lot of drama going on in the club. Uh, we're not going to talk about brands today. We will talk about that. I think that deserves its kind of own under-the-microscope type uh, analysis, and we'll do that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a badly needed win, and I think it kind of uh, will allow us to relax a, a little bit, I think. Um Got a couple score predictions right, but too many Pumas did not get it right this week. He's on such a streak, but thankfully for Everton, Aubameyang did not score that last goal or else too many Pumas would have been continued to have too many Pumas and got it right. Uh, he said he felt some pressure in the district. That's what he said. <laughs> we scared him with uh, hyping him up last time. I know, but we did I have uh, Chicago Joe. As well as Stockhausen, both predict the 2-1 win. Credit to them for going against the grain because it has been largely pessimistic in the Discord as of late. I myself well, predicted true, a, but, a 1-2 loss. So, But let's be honest, Stockhausen was, was, not, Hausen was not correct in what he said. He said 2-1 to the Blues, but he thought that Sheamus would score the winner in stoppage time. Sprint over to Rafa and headbutting him saying, you hard man, you effing hard man, but... So that didn't happen. So, I mean, I'll give him credit for the, the number, but to be honest. Yeah, yeah. He gets he gets the score correct, but he likes to uh, embellish the score predictions with a little bit, <laughs> little bit of flair, which we appreciate. That's the Discord, man. Yeah, That's Discord. We love it. Uh, but, yeah, yes, ever- score prediction correct. And let's go to uh, the match itself and start with the lineups because the lineups, first of all, there was obviously the incredible drama over the last 48 hours, which, as Ryan said, we won't get into, but... Even the lineup drop itself brought with it its own level of drama. We had the Everton lineup, a front four of Andrews Townsend, Anthony Gordon, Damari Gray, Richarlison. We had Mina return, which was quite interesting. Yep. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And Luca Dean dropped, which I think initially people were a little perplexed by. Thought maybe he had picked up an injury, but apparently not. Rafa in the <clears throat> pre-match... Interview says that he's not available, point blank, period. The reporter, Pat Davison, asks for more information. Can you, can you tell us anything more? He said, no, it's just that we have players coming back, and that is the good news for us. 
And I think Phil Kirkbride, who wrote that big piece on Marcel Brands, which you want to read in the Echo. I mean, yes. it shouldn't be any surprise to the people that listen to the American Toffee podcast, but it is worth reading. His comment was he was not injured and he was not ill. Uh, I, well, I don't know if he said he's not ill. He said he was not injured. It seemed to be heavily implied that he was not out for any reason um, that was related to health. Uh, so, uh, you know, as I wrote on Twitter... And I mentioned this a bunch of different times. Uh, my quote is, no one has more of a reason to be frustrated with this manager than Dean. Uh, the fact that he was taken off set pieces so quickly, I thought it was a real slap in his face um, in favor of Anders Townsend from the left foot, which, I mean, that that's pretty, I mean, you do that. You sign a guy like that for free, bring him in and just throw him the reins on set pieces. That That's frustrating for Dean. And then, then what he's being asked to do is kind of ridiculous. Typically, we're going to have a left wing out there playing in a free roll. It's been gray a lot. He's not the best defensive player. You've got Alon, who's been reckless this year, rushing up the field. And he's stuck basically back there with Michael Keane, who seems afraid to kind of step in and fill that gap. And he's been isolated. I mean, he was getting isolated 1v1 against most Salah against Liverpool. I just thought that was a classic example of... And you made the comment where Ruff even mentioned that he's not guardable 1v1. It just seems like Dean's getting into the final third probably or getting into the box half as much as he was. I think he's only been in the box more than once in a game, like twice all year. So, yeah, I would think if I'm him, I'm going to look over and say, why are you attacking more on the side of Seamus Coleman and Andrews Townsend or Anthony Gordon and not me? Like, seriously? So I understand that he's very frustrated. He's a key player for us and one of the best left backs in the Premier League. So what do we think? And they asked him afterwards. They're like, this sounds like a falling out. And he wouldn't address the issue. James, I mean, there's been some buzz that he's not been happy. Thoughts? Rafa's been known to do this. This would not surprise me. Yep. And I don't know if it's definitively that, but you got to kind of follow the breadcrumbs here. And where does it lead you? Inevitably that this is... Rafa either trying to cover up some kind of secret injury or some other issue or like outright lying or Occam's razor here. Dean's not happy. Rafa's not happy with Dean. They've had some sort of argument behind the scenes resulting in Dean being benched for apparently no reason. As a result, we get Ben Godfrey at left back. There was a quote, too, that a senior team member mentioned that, you know, the, the play is awful, you know, or whatever the comments were. Yes, like that was that. the other so, piece. I'm just saying where there's smoke, maybe there's fire. I don't know. That's We don't try and speculate too much on the American Toffee podcast, but that is a very curious thing. Yeah, and on that note, Ryan, the speculation, I mean, what what are we supposed to do in the, when Rafa's playing coy and not giving us any answers? It, it, yeah. it, it, it encourages and enables this type of speculation. If it was something mundane and minor, he should just say that and eliminate the, the conversation entirely. Or say what we always see in America and, and pro sports. It's it's an internal manner. It'll be managed internally. We're not talking about it here. Right. Go stick it. You know, that's normally what happens in the U.S. in this, and that, that answers the question. And it's not going to stop the speculation. That's just how it is. But anyway, uh, we'll get to the Mina thing in a second. Any last thoughts on Dean before we get into Arsenal? No, let's talk. Let's talk the Gunners real quick. Yeah, they've been playing a lot of kind of four four one one. It just looks very different than ours. <laughs> um, you know, it's they they played four two three one today, and they played it, I believe, uh, you know, most of the season too. Um, 
Grant Xhaka, I think, was the question mark. He does come in for Elneny. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Lakonga's not back in there because I, I really like him as a player. Their big miss was Smith Rowe, no question about it. I mean, he's dangerous on the ball, and you could see they really miss the quality of someone like that that can kind of be creative and run with it a bit. Uh, I love Martinelli's movement, and Saka's a stud. I thought the matchup with him and Godfrey was going to be really interesting. Um, but look, it's Arsenal. They're going to have the ball a ton. They're going to possess the ball in their final, in their own third, a ton. White, Gabriel, very patient, back and forth with Ramsey. That's just, or Ramsdale, that's how it's going to be. You know, that's how they play. Uh, I think it's worth noting, too, that Arsenal has been much better at home than away. In fact, they borderline stink away, do they not, James? Brian, you're being far too diplomatic. They don't borderline stink. They stink. They stink. They're 19th in goal <laughs> differential with a minus nine and 19th in Expected goal differential as well at a minus 9.3. Worth noting. Yeah, that's legit. That's, most of that is off of two complete drubbings at the hands of Liverpool and Manchester City, uh, 4-0 and 5-0 respectively. So those types of losses tend to uh, hurt your differential quite a I bit. I mean, everybody else is playing those guys too, though. But, I mean, that's bad. I mean, Norwich is the only one that's worse. And, by the way, you don't even want to look at their numbers. I mean, nope. they are just, yeah, ugly. Um Anyway, Everton, uh, the tactical setup was just mind-boggling to me. Uh, it, it has been many times this year. That might also explain why we're starting out in so many losing positions, I might add. Uh, we're in our typical 4-4-1-1, which, as you know, I hate. Uh, defending in 4-4-2, also hate. Um, but this one was particularly insane to me. Uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking when the, when the, when the lineup got announced, my comment was on Twitter, Gray at Second striker, 10 again. No three-man midfield. Doesn't Rafa know what he's, you know, he's already pushed hands out. He can play with now. That was my joke. Um, and so Ethan Zander, um, our administrator, our uh, boss, rules with an iron fist in the Discord. Ethan made some comment. He responded to me saying, worse, it's this. And he shows me the pictorial. And it's got Gordon Wright. It's got Townsend in that second striker position. I'm like, no way. And so my comment was, has that app ever been correct, man? And then about five minutes in the match, I, I resp responded to him, oh, my God, this might be accurate. His response is, it is. This was mind-boggling. I, I cannot figure out why anyone would look and say Andrus Townsend is a good player in the middle. I don't know why you'd put Gordon out on the right. I mean, he's struggling already. He seems overwhelmed by the Premier League. He's fighting. He's running. But... You know, he's much better on the left. I, I don't think we're doing any justice here. It's, you know, I, it's frustrating to me. He's just putting people in the wrong positions, I think. And again, we've talked about the two-man midfield of DeCorey and Alon. I don't think it works very well. So, um, you know, I, this is, I just don't get it, um, James. You know, we had success playing that 4-1-4-1, attacking a 4-3-3. You know, right after the second goal with Wolves, where we played very well. I thought we were very sound against Spurs. We didn't create a ton, but we gave up absolutely nothing. And then we got drubbed by Man City, and he went totally away from it. And I think yep. we've been overwhelmed since. So, um, I don't know. About the only good thing about this that I at least observed is, I think Richarlison and Townsend being the top two in defense, they did do a very good job of taking away Thomas Party kind of rushing up with the ball. I thought if anything they did, and that's not an easy thing to do, because Gabriel and White are so good with the ball. Um, so I thought that was a positive. But there are also some kind of stupid things that I saw us doing in this match. I, I don't think it was a tactical masterclass by any stretch. No, it certainly wasn't, despite what the media may try to uh, spin this result as following Ugh. following the victory for Everton. But 
So a couple other interesting things. We had this interesting decision or tactical choice by Rafa to instruct Jordan Pickford to play long balls to Damari Gray, which that's what he, that's what it looked like to me. Every time he's yeah. in trouble, he fired it down the left side, and I just against Tomiyasu, who's bigger than him, like stronger than him, didn't seem like a winning matchup. And in addition to that, you've got Godfrey behind him on the day. So is the idea that Gray's going to win it in the air, knock it back to Godfrey and, and launch an attack? Like, that that seems nonsensical to me. No, and a couple times we got on the second box, we threw some numbers at it. But really, I mean, especially with the Arsenal distinctly attacking down the right side, because we saw that a lot. You know, you see Odegaard kind of shading over there. Yep. Saka's good, man. He is a really good player. Uh, he's dangerous. Tomiyatsu was kind of supporting him more so than anything, and, and with kind of party shading over to that side. Xhaka seemed like he was back a little deeper, kind of defending more. Uh, you know what, though? That being said, I, I guess Arsenal, 44% of the time, they went down the right side. That That's about right. We were pretty balanced, I thought, even though I felt like we were forcing it right for a while. But to me, the game played out the way we thought it would. 30% of the time, it was in their third, their defensive third, and 47% of the time, it was in the middle third. I mean, that's most of the game was played either in the middle or in their half, but I saw a lot of possession for possession's sake here. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I didn't. They weren't incredibly dangerous, Arsenal. And and actually, I would argue maybe it was the weather. I don't know what it was. At times, I thought we looked okay, uh, a little bit dangerous in getting them to turn the ball over. You know what I mean? And and, and yeah. maybe we didn't get any massive chances, but I felt like the game started out, and I I thought maybe we were a little more dangerous. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily one sided either way. No, I think it was it was. Fairly balanced, at least for large stretches of the first half. But I think out of the gate, I mean, Everton almost immediately looked to create a chance. I think Richarlison got in on goal or tried to. And we were clearly trying to pressure them high to try to prevent them from possessing it for possession's sake and maybe create yeah. some some difficult situations for them in transition. Um, so that was a nice very adaptable, change. James. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they just kept trying to force it into party, and Lacazette was coming back, and they were trying to make some one-touch passes. It seemed They were struggling so to figure us out. It seemed so obsessed with breaking through that first line, it kind of missed the whole the whole point. A couple times it was successful, they looked dangerous, but, yeah, I mean, I, we had some opportunities, no question about early. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was that, first of all, defensively, Ben Godfrey brought the thunder i put it out on twitter oh yeah the massive tackle first and Crushed then later him. hatcheted Saka. that he I was, was like oh he was how on did that not today. get a yellow by the way i mean that was that he, one was bad he's a lucky one, boy you know today. he's a lucky boy um, <laughs> yeah he is and it really felt like you know everton being on the the front foot at least energy wise and the goodison crowd was up for it motivating the players but we were pretty wasteful i thought early i mean ben godfrey Early on, made a really nice run forward, overlapping. Not something we're accustomed to seeing. Gets and in a dangerous area. Slip, slippity dippity doo. <laughs> on that one, yeah, I was, I was like, that, that's a tough way to start. And then Richarlison also, just a couple minutes later, he receives the ball sort of in the middle of the field. Does this ridiculous turn to beat like four Arsenal players? Send him flying to the other end of the pitch, and then immediately passes it directly to an <laughs> square Arsenal ball player. right to them. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. so this is how it's going to go today. Might have been the weather. It did start just downpouring. 
uh, for most of the match. It started right around the 16th yeah, minute. Yeah, it but, just, I mean, it, it just it just dumped then, too. Uh, and there were strange things, too. Gray had that lovely play where he was cutting inside on the left, which he loves to do. And let's be honest, I mean, he dwells on the ball too much. But if he can get a chance to take a shot with his right foot, he just hits the ball so pure. Obviously, everyone knows that. Uh, but the funny part was Townsend made like a pick play. It was yeah. like a basketball screen and freed up Gray for a, a decently open shot at the top of the 18, which he managed to send, I think, into the park end. And, um, and that wouldn't be the last time that we see Everton players kind of playing off one another at the top of the, at the edge of the box, using the body, uh, yeah. trying to throw stuff at the Arsenal defense and get them out of whack. Yeah, and that kind of got us to the 27th minute. Um, <laughs> which was very the, highly anticipated by all of us watching at home. And I think probably by everyone at the match kind of wondering what was going to happen with, of course, the 27 minutes for 27 years walkout, quote unquote walkout, which turned out to not be much of a, of anything in the end. Nah, no, I, I think there's, you know, there's the online community and then there's kind of the greater Goodison Park crowd and there are different factions here or there. I mean, I, look, it takes a little longer than a couple of days to get something big like this organized. So I'm glad that people are concerned. I'm glad they're talking about it. Um, I probably would have walked out for a little bit to, you know, I, I, I get it, you know, to try and show some solidarity and, and that this isn't good enough. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it was quite as I mean, it didn't look that noticeable on TV, I didn't think. Yeah, they didn't really show the crowd all that much, but, uh-huh. nah. you know, even building up to it, A, Everton weren't playing super well, but they were playing, I think, enough to get the crowd behind them. And they were. The crowd up seemed, again, very up for it. They were, like, right on a corner, too. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We got a corner, like, right at the 27th minute. You think you're <laughs> going to be the guy who turns his back but is, like, trying to peek over his shoulder, trying to watch us. And some people did leave, and credit to them. They have every right to make a statement, but I don't think this maybe had the impact, uh, desired impact, by those who were trying to orchestrate it. And you're right, Ryan, in that social media, ladies and gentlemen, is not real life, and there are plenty of people who, for probably their life betterment, aren't on Twitter all the time watching this (laughs) stuff unfold and could very well just view Rafa as a brilliant manager who's going to lead us to glory in the future. I uh, don't no, just don't even, I, you know, <laughs> then fine. If you're not going to be on Twitter, listen to the pot or someone, yes. you know what I mean? Come on. Uh, yeah. I, I think RuPaul Pogba, you know, at Bossman Jr. By the way, Pogba, stop your little brands taunting there. Don't think <laughs> I didn't see what you were doing there, buddy. Just because you got a panda in your freaking icon doesn't mean that. Anyway, I do love pandas. though. Um, I am in D.C. We love pandas, too, at the zoo. Uh, protest is perfect. Lots of big talk in advance. 20 people leave their seats. That was his comment. I, I think a lot of people downplayed it. I, it's hard for me to tell. I couldn't really tell while I was on there. But anyway, moving on. 29th minute. All right. Let's talk about Big Ben Godfrey. After he cool. hatched it two people before this moment, you know, the foot comes down right in the face of Tomiyatsu. Is this a red card for you, Hamez, or not? It's not to me personally. Looking at it on the replay, I can see why if you were a certain of a certain persuasion, a red persuasion on the day, you might view it as a malicious dirty play by a dirty player who had already been out of control for the first 29 minutes, but to me, he's put in a kind of tough position. He looks down and he sees where his foot is going to end up. At that point, again, we're talking in slow motion when it's really milliseconds. I think he does yeah. everything he possibly can to try to minimize the contact, but you can't just, he, he's nowhere else to go. And so he makes light contact with the face. I think 
I don't think it would have been unfair to see him sent off. I can see that interpretation, but I think ultimately the right decision was made in keeping him on the pitch. I agree. I thought that would have been kind of ridiculous. Honestly, there's no way he meant to do that. And yeah. if he did, that's the slyest move of all time. He puts like his uh, hands up trying to shy yeah. away from it. If it's you're going to stomp the guy's face, you're, you're you're not moving your foot kind of, you know, rolling it over almost when you hit him and making yourself lighter as you land on his face. I mean, you jump down. I mean, not that I've ever done anything like that in a match or anything. Put some mustard into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that's the right call. Uh, common sense prevails. But in the 31st minute, a couple minutes later, a very bad thing, I think, happens. Neri Mina goes down. And this one, to me, we mentioned it in the lineup. I was very surprised that he started. Uh, we've heard a lot of dialogue now about Rafael Benitez and injury prevention and not rushing people back. And this club has recently brought up a lot of issues where J.P. Bameen, for example, one, was very frustrated. He was asked to play before he probably should have by Marco Silva. Uh, I know Wobie's been asked to do it coming back from injury almost out of necessity. Those things are dangerous things to do, I think. Um, we've even seen that a little bit this year. We've had some relapses to the point where we fired, you know, Danny Donchi and, and Rafael Benitez has brought in two different people to handle this type of stuff and the rehab and the injury prevention and all that stuff. And he starts Yeri Mina here. Now, part of this is Luca Dean's not there at left back. So he moved Godfrey over, but, but I mean, we've got lots of matches left, man. I, I mean, this is the 15th match. I hated to suggest this, but there was a dialogue I had with Jeff Jones at Jeff for Jones. Uh, we need to win a match. That's how bad it got. And Andy Watt at Watt Watt Dog. Andy known for making some good comments sometimes. He loves trying to keep me honest. I really appreciate the accountability out there. Thank you, Andy. You can't see my eyes rolling right now. But no, I'm glad he does it. No, I'm glad he does it. Look, man, I say a lot of crap, and, I'm, and, and I think it's important that people challenge that. A, a fair game. You know what I mean? I put it out there. I think that's fair. His comment was, the only reason why we need to win a match is because Rafa. He's thinking entirely about himself and keeping the job. Now, my response is, I can't help but think that's true. I hope it's not, though. I, is this... Now, Andy's comment is, you know, plenty of evidence in his career to suggest it is. He scapegoated the director of football, the chief physio, and now he's working on the players. James, is this, are we taking this too far? Do we think that might be, was he freaking out? Was he stressed? Did he do this out of slight panic? We don't really know, do we? But you're God, like, I would hate for this to be true, would it? Oh, You're full on Rafa, evil villain mastermind, Dr. Evil-esque character right now should he have rushed him back from injury absolutely not in a back well we don't know if he rushed him he's been in training for a couple of weeks right by all accounts it seems like he's he was in training before the derby so he's been in training at least a little over a week maybe two um that seems pretty standard for me to expect him to be able to come back do you ease him back do you give him a substitute appearance to get his feet wet i think in the form that we're in winless and eight going into this match and you have to all of a sudden uproot your your back line that's been consistent for the last several matches. I understand why you would be inclined to bring in our best center back in Yuri Mina. At the same time, it backfired. He seemed to go down with the same hamstring injury, so a re-aggravation yeah. of the same thing that's kept him out all this time. If he had obviously gone through the match and got off scot-free, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The fact that it backfired reflects badly. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I bet Rafa's pretty upset that he risked him in the first place because Mason Holgate comes in and does a pretty decent job. 
yeah, Holgate actually played really well, I thought. Um, we have some numbers for him later, but, I mean, we can just say him now. I mean, the, they said – who scored said he had nine aerials? One, which is ridiculous. Um, four clearances. He actually, shockingly enough – now, granted, he's a little rash sometimes, but he was very aggressive stepping into the space when we were defending in our own final third that was vacated often by Elon and others – um, really well, like I, I better than anyone I've seen do this year for us. So kudos to Mason Holgate. I mean, he wasn't a genius with the ball, but at least he wasn't hoofing the ball like he has in the past. So I, I thought he did all right. And that right side was struggling too. So for him to support it, that's fine. But look, I just think that you've got a center half that has a history of hamstring injuries. You have to err on the side of caution. We need this guy back for 20 plus matches. Yes. I, I hated it. I, I just think. I'm sure he felt pressured to play him, but I think you have to say, no, we've already seen this movie so many times and it's cost us, you know, I don't know. That's me. I just think he got air on the side of caution. I'm not so sure he did, but I don't know the facts for sure. It just didn't seem like the, the right thing. And it just, to me, just real quickly and we'll move on because there's plenty more to get to, but Holgate coming off the suspension. Does Rafa trust Holgate? I think he probably earned some of that trust back today, but I could see why if you're, Operating on the assumption in the back room that Mina is 95, 98% fit, Holgate coming off that, why you would go with Mina. It backfired, and hopefully it's not a long-term thing, but it it certainly didn't look good the way he went down, and he seemed to be quite frustrated. But we move on. We shall see. Yes, indeed. We move on to the 44th minute. We think Everton goes up. Richarlison, Andrews Townsend, really good set-piece delivery on a free kick. Swings it in Finally. with his left. Yes, it's about time. Richarlison, unbelievable header. Yep. Brilliant flick, far post, offside. VAR comes back to bite us. Goals ruled out, and it goes back to nil-no. It was close, too. Tomiyatsu dropped. I don't know why he did that. Everyone was crisply in a line from Arsenal. They deserve some credit. He was the only one that dropped back, and he's on the backside. If he stays in line, he's offside by a mile. Um, but this one was relatively close. But again, the lines are drawn. They do it. I mean, the only issue here is the microsecond difference that it is when someone sets the lines. You know, yep. the, the field's calibrated. I'm not going to argue that. So we call it VAR. We call it offside. It's the same for everyone. I, I don't think there's much bias here. I think it's even. And frankly, I don't want the Premier League officials to subjectively go to the monitor and decide right. like they do in other places because I don't trust them. And it was quick. Nor should if it you. takes for if it, no, if it takes forever, I'm 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 against it. But anyway, it is what it is. He's off. Great. And then of course, what happens in classic Evertonian fashion? Arsenal comes back about two or three minutes later after the VAR review, and Arsenal goes up one nil. Um Thomas, I think this is another case of Alon getting way upfield and being aggressive again, and the rest of the team not coping with it very well. And it, it begs to ask a lot of questions, I think. It's the gap, Brian. It's the freaking it gap. Is. And Alon was all over the place in the first half. He was yep. like the furthest man upfield multiple times in the press. Made very little sense to me, but he could, gets caught out in, the, in uh, this case yet again. No one covers for him. Gray, loafing back. This, this this irritates me too because it's one thing to come out of position a little bit, you know, when no one has really time to cover for him. But I mean, he was way up, almost on the right side, and that's right. how Rafa wants to play this four four two. He wants to be super compact, 
and we've seen how easy it is to spread apart, frankly, because all the other team has to do is put the people on the backside and the, on the far, you know, almost on the touchline. And that's hard because a wide midfielder has to make that choice. So if Alon is the left defensive mid and he's coming all the way across upfield, what typically has happened is the left wide midfielder has dropped into that space. And Gray is way up the field, and he is absolutely dogging it back. That's how I remember viewing it. And to me, I don't think that's acceptable. He had a long time to get back there. Otherwise, you're asking Michael Keane to come up there and fill the space, and Godfrey can't drop back in that middle because he's got to deal with people on the wing. So to me, yes, there's some team accountability, but Alon, once again, getting out of position, being too aggressive, creates a chance for them, and Gray dogging it back did not help Wide open here. I guess Coleman deserves some flack for getting beat on the cross. Um, I don't know. It's a good finish, but you can't leave people sitting there wide open in the gap, James. Right. Sitting right on the penalty spot where everyone and their mother knows that's exactly where you want to cross the ball back when you get to the touchline. Kieran Tierney swings it in. Odegaard making the run into the box. Slaps it home. Curls it home past Pickford. No real chance. And as you said, Ryan, in classic Evertonian fashion, we think we're up. All of a sudden, we're down going in to the break. 1-0. It was just brutal. And, you know, not to pile on Seamus Coleman, but it's clear he's not a weekly right back any longer. Hasn't been for some time. Ended the day with two tackles, two interceptions, five clearances. But this was in a very conservative role where he basically didn't get forward at all. Yeah, he couldn't. And that's the problem with Seamus. Getting up and down is just problematic when you play such a tight schedule at this time of year. So some of it's forgiven. Other teams maybe have depth here. We have depth, just not the right guy. But I, I just, maybe this was not the time to play him, but I'm sure Rafa's thinking, I can't risk it. I need to win this match. So, um, yeah, the whole right side was incredibly defensive, generated almost no attack whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, we go into halftime. We're down 1 0. I think this is a little bit hard done here. I, I actually thought we, if anything, may have been a slightly more dangerous team. Arsenal had the ball 62% of the time. We knew that was going to kind of happen. We outshot them 4-2. to two. Uh, None of our shots were on target. They had one, and that was the goal. Um, but I think we were successful in creating turnovers. I mean, Party and Tierney both turned the ball over three times. They dealt with some pressure and didn't do necessarily well with it. Of course, Tommy Yatsu had four aerials won. What a surprise there, jumping over Damari Gray. It's like me jumping over Max. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's probably probably closer to it being true than I care Honestly. to admit. Sorry, I'm bagging on poor little skinny Damari Gray. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I just... So, David Molyneux, I think, has, has a good comment here, though, Hamas, that I think I agree for the most part with. Yeah, he said, we asked for halftime reactions. He said, honestly, thought we deserved something out of that half. We created some chances and pressed well, won the ball back a few times. Yeri was a big gamble and maybe a huge loss there. Can, can we talk about this? I just think this team plays better and is more oriented towards pressing higher and getting on the front foot more. I think most of these players were bought for Marco Silva. Um, even the ones that came in later, like Decore, who played for Silva, he's used to being a little more aggressive. Um, even a guy like Alon managed to support kind of a pressure-based um, defense. Granted, it was in a three with Sari, but even at Napoli at times they pressed higher. Uh, certainly Ben Godfrey in Norwich, they pressed yes. like crazy. Kept him on island constantly. So I just think we're better equipped to play like that. Michael Keane's probably the one exception. So I I'm not surprised that we had a little more success in dealing with it. Part of me also thinks Arsenal was just awful or ineffective. 
Um, but anyway, the second half was very different. I think we wrote on the timeline, and I'm going to quote it because I think it's right. Things eventually got very interesting. How did it take until the 51st minute for Ben Godfrey to get yellow? My dean was feeling very generous on the day for somehow. It's the new Premier League, James. It's the new Premier League. It's anything goes, no holds barred, WWE style action. Week <laughs> no blood, no out. foul. Exactly. No blood, no foul. Prison rules, whatever you want to call it. And he eventually does get the yellow, but this is probably what his fourth foul at that point. And some of them were clattering big challenges, a couple late ones as well. So at that point, he had to play a little bit more reserved, but. He was barreling about like he wasn't at all bothered for most of the rest of the match. And there was a point where he was taking the throw in near the end, and I was like, waste time. And then I'm like, no, he can't waste time. He's on a yellow. <laughs> I was hoping someone would grab the ball from him and just sit there and stare at Mike Dean and be like, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yes. And then, you know, I I don't I – mean, it was back and forth. It was a little bit kind of weird. It was a strange half. But we have this huge moment in the 59th minute where DeCorey plays in Richarlison and – he scores. It's a good finish near post. Goes to VAR. The call is overturned. Um, a lot of people seemed very upset by this. For me, I mean, the 18 almost functioned as this perfect yeah. uh, offside line. And I know it was really tight, but it his toe was farther forward than Gabriel's was. So I, I don't understand the big uproar about this particular call if you have it's kind of like don't hate the player hate the game um yep. hope kills i think makes the right comment here don't you think yeah he said uh that's hope kills at a american toffee said hate to see goals that close being overturned but those are the laws of the lands i think that's totally accurate you, yeah i don't know said, why people yeah why are people in such uproar about this on the call itself i mean i think people just are frustrated for it being a the second time richarlison gets a goal ruled out he maybe. was livid and so frustrated even after the first one you could tell there was an immediate response after the second one he was incredibly frustrated but it is the you rule and he's offside you know what though yeah hold your run right i mean in all honesty i but i, don't know I mean when you're talking him, about I... that small of a margin ryan he probably and again after he scored he like looked over his shoulder he's like can i celebrate can i celebrate okay no flag i'm gonna celebrate and then it gets overturned but you're right hold the run it's really him and DeCorey two-on-one. I know. And he still can't hold it. It was a good pass and a good move by DeCorey and a good finish, as you said, but unfortunately all for naught. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Arsenal kind of has a funny chance right after that. Martinelli kind of goes way wide. Pickford comes off his line, I think did all right. And really, the next big moment in the match was Andre Gomes comes on for Andros Townsend. In the 66th. And I'm thinking, this is three in the middle, but dear God, these three in the middle? What is he going to do with this? Um, but let's talk about Andros Townsend for a second. Number one, he's being asked to play a ton of minutes. I don't think that's a good idea, but I mean, again, this is Rafael Benitez's choice. I hate him in the middle. I don't think he has the game for it. I mean, he was shading off a little bit to the right most of the time. He does not have good close control. He does not have the best first touch. He can get away with some of that playing faster if you're countering or he's in the open field and he's wide. We know he can cross the ball. He goes in the middle. He can't do any of those things other than maybe banging a long goal. Anders Townsend was pretty poor tonight. Yeah, 23 touches, which when you're playing that second striker role, you'd hope to exert a oh. little bit more influence than that. Barely got on the ball. Yeah. And with those 23 touches, he had two bad ones. 
three fouls against, so he was not even particularly effective defensively. He kind of flops. I mean, he you know yeah. that that that's him getting fouls. I think actually, but the point oh, is yep, like you're right. let's talk. But but if we want to measure how good he was defensively, zero tackles, zero interceptions. Didn't foul anyone, really. So, I mean, he wasn't aggressive, and I think that hurts him. I think he's more effective in a role that, I mean, he's not the best defensive player, but he does work very hard to make up for some of those deficiencies. Uh, and I just don't understand playing Anthony Gordon out wide right when Townsend's playing in the game. I, again, I, it's a, I, 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 it can only be a pace thing, I, because if you have just, a right side of Townsend and Coleman, that's nightmarish when you're trying to play I, I, on the break. I guess, but I, I, just, I still don't get it, man. I mean, just play four two three one and put Alex in the middle. No one wants to do that, though. It's a Wobi, who apparently wasn't bought by Brands, but that's another story. <laughs> Let's so now, it. what are you going to say about Brands? I mean, it's like the catchphrase for everyone. Anyway, yeah, I thought Townsend was totally ineffective again. Uh, the switch was to it looked like attacking the four three three and defending in the four one four one, like we saw at Wolves and Spurs. Uh, but Alon was the sitting player, which I think we've mentioned he can't help himself at times. <laughs> So I think my line in in the document was Rafa chose chaos because things just got out of control at this point. I mean, there weren't that many shots in the match, but after the 66, it was seven to six in shots. The pass rates plummeted 60% for Everton, 75% for Arsenal. I feel like they were at like 86% at one point. And the craziest part, we had one dribble up to this point in the match and we had five afterwards. So, do we think this was a good move playing Alon back, or was this just kind of a desperate ploy by Rafa? I mean, obviously, the results kind of worked. I'm curious your take. I mean, it worked. We got the win, ultimately. Spoiler alert. Does that mean it worked? No. Don't say that. It was weird to bring in Andre and make Alon sit. I don't think that combination of three guys makes a whole lot of sense, unless you can, like change Alon's brain to make him actually sit because it makes no sense to have Decore sit. You want them getting forward. You probably want Gomez passing range as you move forward, but he needs that pivot. You need that rock to rely on that affords those guys the the ability to get forward. When all three guys are running around like just all over the place, no rhyme or reason to it, it's a recipe for disaster. Fortunately, it also may be the recipe for something good to happen. In this case, uh, we had the luck today. Uh, it was aggressive, no question. And look, we were down. So, I mean, you got to give him credit. He, he 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 chose chaos, like I said. He, but he, mean, changed, he, he changed the shape. It, it did. And it changed the game. Again, I, I like the change in shape. I think this team sets up better for that. I, I, I think without question. Um Andy Watt again comes back and says, grudgingly give Raphael the credit for changing the system and going 4-3-3, allowing Gray to push higher up and control the game in midfield, but it raises the big question, why has it taken this long? So again, I just don't like the defending in the 4-1-4-1 if Alon is the sitter. In attack, he's great with the ball coming back in between the center halves. He's he's a very good passer. I have no problem with that. Um, but I just... and. We'll get to in a second. They had a lot of chances after this. Um, let's see. Ace AK start Anthony Gordon every week at LeBon Everton. Why does LaShawn always? <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, I love you, buddy. Uh, midfield three worked as you boys and the rest of the world have been saying. With that said, Rafa will probably do away with it next game, laughing out loud. Um, and Alex Washburn at Wash underscore tub. Alex, sorry I missed you in Charlotte this weekend, buddy. 
Uh, Wild, how much of a difference putting a third CM made? Thought Richarlison was incredible. Gomes, Gordon, too. Defense is still worrisome. Yep. And that's what you got. You came into kind of a crazy match, and we were all over the place. Let me tell you what. The 75th minute, Anthony Gordon made a tackle that wasn't even reviewed for red card that I thought was horrendous. Um, I, this is, I guess, the world of Mike Dean in the new Premier League, right? But anyway, things got up and down, got totally crazy, and finally we broke through. Um, I was shocked. I do think we did do all right, right after the sub, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, the goal was kind of one of those finally moments for Richarlison. Yes, indeed. And it was, you know, Andre Gomez comes on and... He tries to make a bunch of passes. He gets stuffed a bunch. He tries a yeah, couple shots. His first shots. five minutes, he was a disaster. It was he just... gave it away and then fouled him immediately. And I'm like, there's the Andre Gomes I know. But he did settle in the match a little bit. It was like Bambi on ice, but not in the Yeri Mina way where he's so gangly. <laughs> it was just like someone who hadn't played in quite some time, which he hasn't, trying beautiful to find his rhythm. Ice. Yes, beautiful man with the luscious locks on ice. <laughs> we had the goal at long last, sweet release. It starts with a square pass from Richarlison into Andre. Andre goes further left to Gray. Or excuse me, goes to Gomez. Gomez tries to have a shot, and the shot gets blocked. It goes to Damari Gray. Andre makes an interesting little like button hook run around uh, Damari Gray and takes Ben White out of the play and clears the lane for Damari to have this curler shot. Hits off the crossbar. Richarlison is crashing. He's right place, right time. He loops the header, goes over Ramsdale, back of the net. At long last, Richarlison can celebrate, raise the flag on that one, get, and he celebrates, and, and we're level. And Goodison starts to rock. It, it's a great header. Uh, that's not that easy to do. He hit it perfectly, perfect weight. Uh, it was great. And to show the composure he did to score that goal, especially having been denied twice, was really something. I will say this. Goodison is rocking. We got our tails kicked for the next 10 minutes. I mean, truly did. I think this is where I saw the exposure. Like, we wanted to sit back and defend a little bit, and Alon just can't do it. And so the shape, I thought, was a disaster. They had so many chances the next 10 minutes. Um, Lacazette finally got subbed out in the 84th. Can we also say this? How did he not get a yellow card? He had three fouls, committed way more than that they didn't call. I mean, I, I just don't. The new Premier League. Um but there are a bunch of big opportunities here. I mean, Saka beats Godfrey at one point to to cross far post. And this is the one I don't know how how it was missed. Completely unmarked. Coleman's kind of stuck. He's got to deal with two different people here. Holgate doesn't drop, which unfortunately is a little bit of a tendency he has. He kind of ball watches sometimes when the ball's played in the box, even though he had nine aerials. Credit to him, I guess. Somehow hits the post here. How did this not go in? It's a miracle because in catches. Entirely unmarked, as you said, because Coleman has to mark two people and he chooses the wrong one. Somehow it hits off the post, comes back, and I think it hits off like his it's elbow. His yeah, and so goes out of weird. bounds. Should have been 2-1. Pickford, I don't think, really had a chance, even though his positioning really wasn't terrible on it. He's kind of yeah. in the right spot. But fortunately, Everton thanking their lucky stars not to be down again. And then in the 86th minute, we bring on Alex Iwobi for Anthony Gordon. Game winner. Here comes okay. the game winner against his former club. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah, all hoping for it. Didn't happen. But <laughs> no. Anthony Gordon today. Anthony Gordon had three tackles, two interceptions. He was fouled once. I mean, he had 40 touches, James. I mean, one shot blocked, zero to for, two for crosses. I mean, 
Anthony really didn't do much again, and I appreciate his work, and maybe it's a byproduct of the tactics itself, but I just cannot help but continue to observe that this kid is just not not there at this level, and I, I just think he'd be better off coming off the bench and running at tired legs. I, I don't like him and Awobi. Everyone's going to give me garbage for this, but I'm sorry. Alex Awobi is a better player in the Premier League than he is, and I think he'd do a better job in this regard, and it's not like Alex can't play defense. So for me, I, I just think this is kind of futile for him to keep doing it. I, I, you know, I've had some people say, well, he's doing that to get the crowd on the side because you know, they love the Scousers and stuff like that. I'm, I can't imagine that, but, but I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't put it beyond Rafael Benitez here, but apparently I'm, you know, Mr. Distrust Rafael Benitez today. You are. But, but how That's can you accurate. argue that? I mean, he, he, he has Gordon. I mean, has Gordon not no, he been, hasn't been great now for he hasn't many been weeks? It's been a while. He, the kid clearly wants to impress. He works hard, but he's just not quite at the level. And it, it seems a little unfair to him to continue to trot him out like this when he would be more effective. Look, you, he made a late run with pace and ended up drawing a, a obvious foul. And I think it was the, um, it was a yellow card for Odegaard no, I thought it was oh, Jacques. Right. Was it, was back it was Jacques. But I mean, it wasn't Earlier even a good move. He kind of stumbled off it. He didn't yeah. look confident. He may be tired too. I mean, that, that could be part sure. of it. But, it, you know, it was this whole stretch where Arsenal also had a massive chance where Lawn too far upfield up again. Odegaard had a chance. Godfrey made an amazing block in like the 81st. Uh, Gray hustled way back to stop a big chance in the 82nd. I mean, it was like you could tell he's, he's thinking, man, I can't do that anymore. You know, I got to step up. Um, you know, Saka Meg DeCorey at one point had a shot oh, block, which yeah. doesn't happen often. At this point, I literally have a comment in my notes. Coleman is dead. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Lon's all over the place. It's just to- totally madness. Um, and then, you know, I, this is another one where in the 90th, Alon runs forward. Holgate tries to fill the space. And this is the one where Keen drops and like. The half space on the right is wide open. Odegaard gets the ball and another amazing block by Godfrey. This is one where I mean, he's wide open. Hit it with your right foot, dude. What are you doing? He's forced it over the left. And then out of nowhere comes. I mean, this is I cannot imagine there's going to be a better goal than this all year, including Andrews Townsend's early goal. This was an absolute banger. Absolute banger. And as you said, out of nothing, it starts with Andre Gomez carrying the ball. With the ball at his feet, as uh, he was known like to do, that. maybe before like his injury. I love it. He beats two guys, slips it out wide to Damari Gray, who's one-on-one. Damari Gray, as he had done probably four or five times in the match up to this point, <clears throat> cuts onto his right foot. He turns Tomiyasu, just an unbelievable <clears throat> finish. World-class, a worldy, hits the post. Not a prayer in the world for Ramsdale Crush. to get remotely near it. Rocket shot, perfectly placed. Everyone goes nuts. Stoppage time goal, this time in Everton's favor, and puts him ahead. Uh, this is scream out loud for me. But both yep. Max and I are watching it on our drive over to a soccer practice. I'm driving. I'm not really watching it. <laughs> pardon me. Um, and uh, just, it's just whoa, like it, it, just an incredible hit, incredible hit. And look, we've mentioned he hits the ball so purely off his right foot when he has time and space to do it. I cannot believe Rafael Benitez ever played this guy down the middle. Are you insane? He's so much more dangerous off the left. Um, and I know we're going to have a quandary when Do- Dominic Calvert-Lewin comes back, you know, how to work both him and Richarlison and Gray into the team. But in the interim, my God, what are you thinking? He's surely made up for any sort of responsibility he has on the goal. I mean, he had two shots on target today. Uh, that worldly one key pass. I mean, it wasn't really effective beating anyone off the dribble, but that's fine. He'll cut inside and take shots all day. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, I mean, this was, and and you know, of course, you're thinking right now, like, just kill the game, just kill the game, because there's six minutes of stoppage, game. so there's plenty of time left, and it's very nerve wracking, right? Well, that's because they were killing time earlier. This yeah. in a borderline disgraceful way, to be perfectly honest. Again, part of this condensed schedule, people might actually be hurt, but sure enough, Everton can't make anything easy, and we give up. First of all, I don't know why we're still playing at this point. By the way, I understand that we had a foul in extra time. Why uh, the goal? I mean, the goal, I guess. But this is way past that, I, I think. But anyway, I mean, extra time keeps going. We get in the seventh minute of six additional minutes, and I mean, this is a massive chance that, thank God, Abba goes wide on this. But I mean, this would have just been. I mean, people would have been livid, crushing. I mean, but cr- would have been it's kind of unacceptable, don't you think? I mean, geez. Yeah, you've got to shore up. You've got to see the game out at that point. To concede a massive chance like that, and Nketiah ends up, he, wide he open. beats Coleman, finds Aubameyang wide open, and he fires it wide. And at that point, I mean, that was basically the last kick of the game. Everton escape with the win. Have to say, felt we'll take it. Felt maybe undeserved, but when you score goals like we did and had as many ruled out as we did, at the same time, you feel like, okay, if fi- things finally broke our way despite many many things working actively against us throughout the match that's true that's true i still thought we maybe had the best of chances at yes. least up until you know that kind of stretch where it came out of nowhere but i think up to that point in the match we probably did deserve a little bit better maybe than a tie uh maybe not maybe it's still pretty even you know but we got a little better chances but after that 10 minute stretch i was like we're, we're, we're done we need to take a, a point out of this and it was just it's so massive to have wins like this where you kind of snatch the three points you know you need a couple of these all year that's how it is and quality is the thing that makes the difference and and damari gray had enough quality today to make the difference um at at gel dare at jay selder uh gel and i've been going back and forth a little bit recently uh yeah, I mean, he he mentioned the same thing. Coleman block, uh, the K to miss, Godfrey block, the Obama, my, uh, the Ob- Obamiang miss. God, I screw up that guy's name all the time, even since Dortmund. Still a long way to go, but getting bodies back will help. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, we'll see how long Mina is out for and if Dean can maybe get his stuff together because at this point, Seamus Coleman needs a break. Ben Godfrey right back, Dean and left back, I think would make a big difference. And that way, Raphael can't use an excuse to attack more down the right side with Godfrey there. Hope he makes that change. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, we have some good listener comments on the summary, Hamez, if you want to knock them down for us. Yeah, I just, I always appreciate, Ryan, your ability to just take <laughs> underhanded digs at Ralph uh, in it. In everything. Dude, I'm frustrated. I'll be the first one going into this match. I, there's literally part of me that says, I almost, I don't, I can't not root for Everton. Almost want us to lose to get him out of the way. I am terrified, frankly. I am terrified with the idea that this guy has now full football control of this club. I am terrified of it. I mean, watching a guy that continually makes bad decisions tactically, he does not understand our personnel, he continues to put people in positions to fail. They achieved tonight in spite of him. And, yeah, I'm frustrated about it, man. I am terrified. He needs to be moved out. We need to, first of all, we need to get a new director of football in now and have them make the decision to kick the guy out, and they need to pay for it. I'm totally irritated by it. So, yes, of course I feel that way. Yes, yes I'm concerned. And, and I feel the same. And we will certainly dive very deep into this topic on an episode yes, in the very will. near future. But we have to give Casey Griffin at C underscore Griff 314 <laughs> so much credit for this Solid. beautiful 
beautiful acrostic poem that he wrote. Shape better. Poor Arsenal. Incredible goal by Gray. Richarlison. Inch decisions by VAR. Three points. You take the first letter of each line. You get spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, just an achievement worthy of a shout out on the ATP. For Alex Johnson. For Alex. He used to bring up spirit earlier and earlier every episode. (laughs) But it was, uh, I think that's an excellent comment from Casey and a tip of the hat to him. We also had Everton Tweeter said, it seemed the game could have gone so many ways and strangely, we've walked away with some luck. Best performance from Richie leading the line. Shout out to Gomez added some composure to the midfield. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, we have Richarlison's stat line here. I probably agree it was his best performance leading the line. Ended up with two shots, though it actually was four, if not for the two ruled out by offsides. 50 touches, which was the third most in the team behind Michael Keane and Seamus Coleman. So really was willing to drop back to get himself involved, but still was involved in the attack extensively. Four key passes, three for four on dribbles, three for three in tackles. He's running around, throwing his body in danger, slide tackling, being incredibly disruptive. And even though he was dispossessed four times, I'm willing to look past it because he was just nonstop, relentless work ethic today. And was it seemed like nothing, nothing could stop him from scoring. Part of this may be a little bit the matchup. You know, they don't have necessarily on his side. We were shading him over the left a little bit more. So, um, but I, I think it was nice to see him dropping deeper and us not being so obsessed with these hoof balls up to a center forward to release. Uh, I thought we were a little bit more together. I think that's why I said I think pressing a little bit higher helps this team. You know, I think especially in attack. He was amazing today. I mean, that's as good as I've seen him play. I still think he's just as good at center forward as he is in left side. I know a lot of people disagree with me. He just can't play center forward necessarily like a traditional nine. Not that he's bad in the air. He can hold up the ball pretty well, too. But I just think it's it's better for him to come back to the ball on the ground, you know, bring people with him. You know, he doesn't move the ball very quickly sometimes, but but I thought he was adequate enough today. And his movement is always very good. So I think if you allow him to move and get him energized, and man, his work ethic was unbelievable. His pressure was good. Um, that begs the question, Rafael Benitez deserves some credit, at least for how we were playing in terms of not being so myopic, you know, sending it up to Solomon Rondon and running people behind him. But still, still, I saw a lot of flaws here. I, I, I hope that the narrative is not, Rafael Benitez master class. You tell me, am I being too harsh on Rafael Benitez or not? No, I don't think so. I think, and we, we talked about this in our Twitter spaces following the match. This did feel like, and Kieran says it here in this tweet, so I want to give him his fair dues. Kieran J underscore 1979. Individual quality rather than tactical nous got us that win along with effort fighting for a cause after feeling hard done to opposition managed the game poorly too. So combination of Arsenal yeah. were terrible for the most part. They had a couple good chances, but they really their finishing was poor. They really should have had maybe three goals at least. Um, and you look at someone like Richarlison who just doesn't stop and won't take VAR results for an answer. He's like, I'm getting on the score sheet today. Yeah, I thought the the pressure, the work rate. I mean, it didn't look like there was any thought that the team may be starting to quit on Rafa. It didn't, they didn't give that impression today. Maybe it was for the fans. Who knows? Maybe they're just hard professional competitors, which I think is probably the most likely case, but they worked really hard. They played well. Gray and Richarlison linked up really, really well. Um, And 
again, despite Rafa making some very bizarre and questionable tactical decisions, we were able to get a result. This is not the renaissance of Everton. And it's amazing to me how many people are all of a sudden, everything's rosy because we got one win in nine and all of a sudden Rafa's the man for the job long-term. That makes no sense to me is, is baffling how quickly things can turn, but that's the fickle nature of football fans, I guess, Ryan, right? I suppose so. I, I just like, I mean, you know, Kieran's got a coaching background, so I like some of the back and forth with him. He's kind of a different attitude about kind of old school football a little more than I am. Um, but I, I do think he's he's got this one right, though, still, regardless. And I think that goes right in tune with kind of, you know, your comments as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was also in response to Guillaume Balage that is just Rafa's mouthpiece and just talking all sorts of junk about how great Rafa is. And it just is infuriating to me because just be objective, you know. That's all I ask for. I mean, we, we evaluated Carlo the same way. You know, I, I admit his personality, Raphael, the way he talks to the press and some of his underhanded PR stuff that he does is, is for me, from a personal value standpoint, offensive. I just can't stand it. It's not how I think it's the right way to be. I certainly don't think it's the way an Everton manager should be as well. And that's probably part of the reason why he just ticks me off. Also, the fact that I think he was a terrible hire. Um, but even even in spite all of that, if he sets us up right, man, he's going to deserve all the credit for in the world. We gave him credit for the Spurs setup. Um, unfortunately, that's been about it. Anyway, um, yeah, let's talk about man of the match, I guess, Thomas. I, I clearly let's can't help myself. Let's do no, it. No, I'm ticked. What can I say? Uh, um, I, I'm really happy about the win, though. I mean, that was so needed, and it does alleviate some of the pressure. I just don't want us to alleviate the pressure on that guy for making what I see as the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, I think Michael Keane deserves a slight mention today. I don't know how fantastic he was in defense, because I don't know how comfortable he is if we are playing a little bit of a higher line. But he was pretty darn good on the ball today, I thought. Yeah, 7 for 13 of long balls, pinging them all over the place. That's an impressive return. 72.6% yes. pass completion. Considering, not bad. And we weren't even hoofing it that much, so being selective right. and accurate when you're playing the long ball. So critical. And he's shown that ability uh, this season and in the past as well, You know, alongside a Yeri Mina, who may be more skilled on the ball playing it lengthy but but Keane deserves his his credit today he was really good and uh you know I don't think he put too much of a foot wrong defensively I thought both Holgate and he partnered well and were very aggressive with Arsenal's front line and prevented them from getting too much in the way of chances yeah we mentioned Mason Holgate stepping in and doing a pretty good job as well uh but I mean really I think there are really there are two guys here that we really need to talk about in terms of man of the match. Am I agreed? Totally agree. And we already rattled off Richarlison's stats on the day. But again, two shots, basically four, 50 touches, four key passes, three for four dribbles, three for three tackles. Hard to argue against Richarlison, but I think the other one would be one Damari Gray. I mean, can you just hand him the man of the match for that goal at the end? You basically can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was very good. If he, if he was not slightly at fault on the first goal, I think he, he deserves it. He was dangerous. What I was encouraged by is I felt like he was more decisive today with the ball. A couple times maybe he dwelled on it. He had that early chance where he put it, you know, skied it, but... <sighs> I know. And, and also, well, something to think about, man. Conditions were kind of crazy, it looked like, today, too. So, I mean, ball control is at a premium. Um, and Gray had that one cross early on as well that was very threatening. 
Uh, but no yeah, one was I mean, on the end of it. Yeah, it's a Damari Gray put his head down and bang it. I mean, actually, in that one, he actually probably put it too close to the goal, but he hit it so darn hard. Yeah. I mean, Mina wasn't way off it. Yeah, it was dangerous. It was dangerous for sure. But I'm surprised. Where is everyone yelling? Why is Solomon Rondon not heading the ball in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, he he was he was very good too. I mean, obviously, he's been a phenomenal signing. I think my comment was it was a risk worth taking when we signed him. Um, certainly, it was because uh, he's been. He's been very good. Um, we had some listener comments again to kind of kind of wrap it up as well. I think some of these are capturing really the match. I, I think fairly well, Hamas. Yeah, I think that it's a really good place to end because as much as the last couple weeks, last couple months as Evertonians have been immensely frustrating, you just have to enjoy the win sometimes, folks. So we had David Taylor at DTaylor334 said, all four goals were absolutely superb. Where have they been? Concerned a win will mask slash mute the issues that remain at the club. Nevertheless, up the toffees. We then had Dan McArdle at Daniel McArdle. Thrilled with the result. Entertaining match to be sure, but far from confidence inspiring. Loving the fight out of some of our guys. Richie, Gray, Dukes, Gordon. Just not sure where our club is headed. Choosing to enjoy this moment. And last but not least, we had Tanner Robertson. Even though, even through all the issues, oh, excuse me, even though all the issues are still there and no sign it'll be better soon, that's why we watch the sport, so might as well enjoy it. Very well said. Ryan, any last thoughts on this one? That it's, don't involve it is, Rafa. It's, it's hard, though. You know, you're concerned on one hand about the direction of the team. Um, and to some extent, I, I've never really been concerned. Simon Jordan made some interesting comments, I thought, um, on TalkSport. He's the only person that ever makes interesting comments on TalkSport, I might add. Um, but his comments were kind of like, one of them was, Everton's not going down. There's way too much talent on this team. But I, I hate to say, after I watched this, there are just too many examples of players that were making good plays that, you know, I, I think there's plenty of talent on this team. If it gets going in the right way and utilized correctly... Yep, that's a backhanded slap at Rafa. But uh, I think we'll absolutely be fine. Uh, we've just put ourselves behind the eight ball. What is more important, though, and this is what's hard for me, you know, being somewhat, you know, an analytical person, I guess, as, as happy as I am about the win, I, I, do, I do understand that perspective of saying, you know, <laughs> concern to win will mass mute the issues that remain at the club, uh, to David Taylor's point. It's so so it's it's a little bit bittersweet again not rooting to lose but yeah I mean I it's 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 hard I think you know how I feel I yeah. I just it's really hard for me to separate separate the two and and you know. I, I think you're not alone I think a lot of people myself included you know obviously really glad we won because it's miserable watching Everton lose for two months straight yeah but it feels like this can so easily become a clean slate for Rafa going forward, like back to square yeah. one, he, it, ignore all of the deficiencies and problems that we faced and not just Rafa at the, at the upper echelons of the club as well. Um, and the change that was being demanded in the 27th minute, all of a sudden did those efforts just go away? Do we stop trying to right. get, demand that the board give fans a, a larger voice and more transparency? Cause those are, I think critical issues facing the club. And it's important that we don't just let a two, one, 90 plus one screamer from Damari yeah. Gray mask all of these deep rooted and fundamental problems. That's it. You hit the nail on the head. That that's my concern. And I, I, I do see a little bit on social media, but I hear 
commentary that are really backing some of the things that are happening. And I feel like there's a slight misdiagnosis as to, as to what the cause and effect is here. And it does concern me that people won't look a little bit more into this and be just as outraged as I am because I just, I feel so strongly about it, you know? And, and it didn't start out that way, but it just is built and built and built. And you see too many examples every single week. And um, I, I just feel like the talent is bailed out today. And I'm very happy for some of the individual performances. I really am. But, uh, yeah, that's how I feel, man. And I just I hope we continue to wise up. And I'm very concerned that, as someone said, that Farhad is a bit of a mark. And there's one guy who's already exercising his PR campaign that appears to be working to some extent. Um, and I'm afraid that he's doing it at the high level too, because the concept of the, we'll get into that in another episode, but I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, if we want to be a modern football team with success, I, 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 we, there's a particular setup and we need to embrace that. And I don't want this to take it away from that. And we will absolutely dive into all of the structural issues at Everton, all of the potential changes that may await the club in the coming weeks on our most likely next episode, hopefully coming out later this week, but we appreciate you all for joining us for this post-match and hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice. That would help us out a ton. If you want to find all of our social media and all that good stuff, the links to our Discord, you can find that at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash USA Toffee Pod. Otherwise, we'll be with you next time. And until then, up the toffees. <laughs>